if I'm being very transparent, I'll talk about certain things with my Korean friends and I'll think like, oh, like I wish Dan could understand this. I think though there's like a beauty to again, holding space for different relationships in your life. And the reason why I think I dated more Asian guys in the past kind of goes more towards like this point of attraction and feeling like through the white male gaze as though like I'm not attractive enough, you know? Because I was always like the token Asian girl. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah and we are back for another very special episode of Purkogi Pod because today we have on my friend Jackie. Hello. Hey Jackie. Hi. Um, But yeah, me and Jackie met a few years ago now, Mm -hmm. like three-ish years ago. And yeah, we've like become friends since, but I guess like, you know, just for a little bit of context for our cookies, um, who, who are you? (laughs) <laughs> who who's she who am i um hi hello hannah hi. my name is jackie um i am a korean american filmmaker based out in los angeles i am currently pursuing being a director i recently left my full-time job which is really exciting but really terrifying oh yeah um so i am doing what i can to do what i love and hopefully survive off of it so i'm you know just working on sets producing, production coordinating, doing what I can to hopefully one day direct for a living. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, okay, and can you speak a little bit about your short film? Oh, sure. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, so um, last year I wrapped shooting my first ever short film called Sebe. It's a coming-of-age dramedy that revolves around a 12-year-old Korean-American, Mina Moon, and her family. And it's all about Mina not feeling like she fits in within her Korean culture, her family culture, and also her body, because she's a preteen. And on top of going to her grandma's for New Year's, which is already an anxiety-inducing day, she gets her period for the first time. It it honestly is very everything everywhere all at once coded, but Mm. I want to say, and it's told here first i finished the script before i watched or even knew what everything everywhere all at once was and then when i watched the movie i was like who well, i feel so seen yeah <laughs> but such a love letter to my preteen self that mm. i really have been wanting to make and i made it oh my gosh okay well i'm excited i'm excited um for its release but i guess if people want to like follow along on the journey where could they where can they find that yeah um we have an instagram page called um sebe the film s-e-b-a-e-t-h-e-f-i-l-m we will be going on a festival run in the fall so oh my crossing our fingers Let's it'll do well go. but more yeah. importantly finishing anything that's creative is is a feat in it yeah yeah it's the that feat is, in itself that so that's what i'm reminding reward. myself yeah of. yeah okay nice <laughs> um but yeah speaking about film um today we're gonna talk a little bit about interracial dating interracial relationships because we both watched past lives and i feel like really it really impacted us oh it did a number yeah celine song did a number on us oh yeah oh yeah celine song if you're watching this hi (laughs) love you so much (laughs) i haven't been in korea since it was my first time in 2018 i did the yonsei summer program oh oh my god that was actually like such a crazy experience because like that was before i feel like i really like had like my coming to like really accept my korean culture 
because mm. my Korean, just like my relationship with being Korean, has always been really like shaky. Oh, uh, because uh, I was raised in like an English speaking household. Oh, uh, uh-huh. and so like I always felt I wasn't Korean enough. You know, right? It's like the Korean American experience. I think people experience to like different volumes and lengths. And so it was like it's always a tradition to go after your freshman year of college for me and my siblings and cousins. Oh, so like we went, I went, but like I kind of went excited, but I was so like culture shocked there. Oh, how so? Why? Let's like, dig. I think like my problem. I'm like I'm learning Korean now. Like this is like a new thing in the last three years. Like I've been really learning and taking like doing lessons, and I took classes at USC. Oh my god! But like when I was in Korea, I like anytime someone speaks Korean to me, my brain shuts off. I it, feel that it's like terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Like it's I'll- like also terrifying being like oh. I know exactly what I want to say. Yeah. I don't know why it's not coming out. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like, you know, obviously I was raised speaking English. Like if whatever language you were raised, like speaking with, you don't, I don't need to think twice, you know, talking. Yeah. But like with, it's, that's why like with learning a language or just like with Korean specifically, like someone will talk to me and I will feel so guilty mm. that like, I can't understand them right away. And I feel like, oh, I'm not competent enough. And then all of a sudden I hear like my grandma's voice. And then like, I've like, think like her getting mad because we don't speak Korean. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing, whole thing. So that was like where I was at with my Korean culture oh. in 2018. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that was like, dude, like. I just like, yeah, it was interesting. I just kind of like partied a lot in Korea. Oh, as you should. Yeah, and it was like my, it, I considered that my real like freshman year experience oh, in so many ways. Fun. But then I look back and I'm like, I wish I could go back because now I feel like I have a whole new respect and love for my culture. Right. And right. like, I want to go back and actually explore and like, just do the things I wish I could have done when I was younger that I don't think I was like honestly mentally ready to. Yeah, I just wish I could go back and right. and do it again. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I think like, you know, I I like had like a similar experience. It was literally like, right, I went to Yonte, mm-hmm. did their Korean language program, didn't care. Like I just didn't try because mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I'm learning the alphabet once again. Um, and then like, in May, so just a couple months ago, mm-hmm. we went for my grandma's 80th, and it was mm. such a like cathartic experience because we like visited her hometown. Oh. We like met her like two of her sisters who like I've never met before. Like wow. honestly, like forgot that my grandma is like the fourth sister. Like seeing her childhood home, like oh my gosh, it was yeah, it was a beautiful experience, and I feel like it like gave me perspective, right? Like only yeah. with hindsight are we like able to be like my Korean culture and identity is important to me. Like yeah. I don't need to just party. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it was in me this whole time. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I feel that, and like I think it's also it's like I don't have family in Korea anymore. Oh, so I think that's the thing that was missing it's like if my grandma and like if she still had siblings that were in korea like still alive like mm-hmm. i feel like the experience would be so different um so it's so beautiful you got to even experience yeah. that in the first place but dude i was the same way during the korean language program <laughs> like dude you don't know how humiliating it is when you're like one of the only korean people in a beginner korean language Whoa. class and everybody else is better than you no it was yeah it was actually so it was so crazy <laughs> yeah yeah but you know, you spoke a little bit about how the language and how 
we kind of freak out when people like speak to us in Korean and whatnot. Um, and so the, I guess that kind of brings us to a, our topic today. Ooh, um, good transition. Yeah. And so, you know, we both watched past lives and I just like want to get some like initial thoughts of yours regarding the husband. I believe his name is Arthur. Arthur, good. Yeah. Job. How Arthur was like, oh, you dream in Korean. And so there are parts of you that I will never understand. Mm-hmm. Also with the background of you dating someone who is non-Korean. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, how how is the movie making you feel? That quote specifically. Yeah. Past Lives is, I think, by far my favorite movie this year. It'll probably be my favorite movie of the year, period. Same. And same. like, yeah, it, it surprised me in so many elements. And like, I think where we've gone with like Asian American media is so beautiful. But I think this has brought in a new, new wave of just like, you're not just, I mean, obviously it's like they have like layers of like Inyan, 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 Inyan. Wait, can I press on this podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cuss all you want. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like you have these levels of like Nora's experience coming to Canada or coming to Canada mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. leaving Korea. But I think at the end of the day, it's just such a human story. Yeah. Which is what I really love. And it's like, I just had the privilege of watching this, being in the position where I am a Korean-American woman who's dating a white man, Mm -hmm. and um, I've dated mainly Asian guys in the past. And so, you know, it's been a really, it was a really beautiful experience where I really saw myself in Nora's character. And honestly, I think the way, like, Celine Song even just, like, characterizes Arthur in the most empathetic soft beautiful way like that's how i view my boyfriend that's also how i view your boyfriend so <laughs> i'm speaking from literally just social media he's a softie yeah 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 because yeah. i'm also in film so it's like mm-hmm. i watch a lot of like asian american cinema even just asian cinema but this movie was the first time i was like I see myself and that's so beautiful and she just happens to be Korean yeah it's more of like I just see myself in this human story which is like and I went to a Q&A with like Celine Song and like the whole cast oh wow um, when I first watched the movie and like Celine just like had she just articulates it so perfectly where she's like past lives at the end of the day is like the simplest story it's just like a love triangle but not in the way that we've antagonized it in the past where it's like he loves her but she loves him but he'll never love her back like it's not like that it's more of like these are their feelings and they're all valid and they can all exist in the same universe and that's okay i watched it for the first time with my roommate Brittany and my friend sophia and it was like we're all asian american within the entertainment industry as well Mm. and it was like the most beautiful experience i think as like watching it with other like asian american female friends yeah and it brought a level of like wow we're seen we're heard because all of them have also dated non-asian guys as well right right. but then i watched it for the second time with dan oh you're uh uh-huh and it brought another level of emotions and beauty and honestly high key uh i think I think if you're an interracial, if you're in an interracial relationship, go watch Past Lives with your significant other because it's kind of like a litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you know, right now on TikTok, everybody's like, "Girl, like girls, go take your boyfriends to go watch Barbie." Oh yeah, and see how they react to Ken and Kendom. <laughs> yeah, and like what what does he di- like? What does he dissect from the movie that really that really what really what, how he feels is like 
it like symbolizes how he views love or something yeah yeah which i get but like that's how i felt with past lives mm. where i was like oh I, i'm curious to see what this experience will be watching this film about this interracial couple and like the main character this korean american writer who's very very um like caught in between her korean canadian mm -hmm. identity like and she's married to a white man but like she has this one that got away that's like her childhood lover exactly um, yeah and i'm like obviously i don't have a childhood lover <laughs> or anything, that's the one thing that's missing but it was just an interesting experience because i really wanted to see like how would how will he react right would he be really angry or like be like i don't get it why uh. did like she's like emotionally cheating on her husband or anything like that and right, like right i will never forget the feeling when like the credits rolled and there were tears in my eyes already because i i took something away differently from this screening versus the last screening uh. but then like i looked over at him and he was crying just as much <laughs> but i think like it really opened up a really great conversation with me and him that i think we've been having for the last two and a half years about like he's the first white guy he's the first yeah he's the first white guy i've dated since high school oh wow yeah it just kind of happened like that and i think to an extent like my first relationship with my boyfriend it was it was all right but like first i think naturally i kind of gravitated more towards dating asian guys and people of men of color in general uh-huh even um, even though you grew up like speaking english and whatnot like the area that you're from right it's yeah. kind of like you said split between it's very split yeah and it's really interesting though because like i think that and the reason why i think i dated more asian guys in the past kind of goes more towards like this point of attraction and feeling like through the white male gaze as though like i'm not attractive enough Ooh. you know because i was always like the token asian girl oh, in the friend group right right and like it was like considered a compliment in middle school to be called the banana because you know like it's like oh you are you are white on the inside yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For sure and like i like really took that to my identity growing up and like i think though i just kind of automatically inserted myself in this position in the friend group of like oh all of my what all of my like guy friends they're all gonna go for my friends and they come to me for advice and that's okay right and that's just who I am and that's my position in life and like that's what I was made for right right like I will never actually be like a viable option just because mm -hmm. like they probably don't view me as like anything more than like oh you're the token Asian exactly yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what it what it is and um I think like going into college, I really experienced that where like I felt like I would go to frat parties or I would go to just like social gatherings. And I just like, I don't know, maybe it's the media as well or just some sort of obviously there's some sort of like social construct or pressure that makes me feel as though when I meet a white person, mm -hmm. I automatically don't think they're attracted to me. Oh. it's a really interesting like nuance of thing where but when i like am in a group of asian people it feels more comfortable right it feels more like this is what i'm used to because and i can't explain it it's just like an unspoken understanding exactly yeah exactly, exactly. and i think like i don't know that's why it was like interesting when it came to like me and dan's relationship beginning and i think you know it helps that like we knew each other we've known each other since high school like he comes from my hometown we didn't go to the same high school oh. but we were in the same like 
high school surrounding high school film programs. So like we had always known of each other. We had so many mutual friends, but we never like got really close. Oh, okay, okay. And I always thought he was cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I I thought he was cute, but I also never wanted to admit it because like it's scary. Dude. Yeah, I also like didn't want to be like the other girl. <laughs> I was just like, no, I don't know. Was it was he like a hot commodity in high school? Like what was the <laughs> He just was like the kind of guy everybody knew. Oh, okay, okay. Even to this day, everybody like within our film community, like they know who he is and oh. like and it's not in a way of like, oh, like, you know, he's just like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. And he yeah. makes, he holds space for everyone. And that's how he's always been. And he's always been like a very extroverted, like really just silly guy. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, we, we love a silly guy. We love it. He's <laughs> so silly. Oh my yeah. gosh. Goals. <laughs> um, and so like, I think when I view someone like him and his personality too, I just never thought, and it also comes from me projecting of like my own insecurity and not feeling like I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I just never thought a guy like him would go for like a girl like me. That sounds so stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> but like, no, that's real though. Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's really like how I viewed myself like in my like teenage going into early adult years, you know? And then like in 2021, he like slid into my DMs and I thought it was friendly because he's also someone who just like is friendly like that right yeah it's just like oh you are just so extroverted so nice to everyone and you and right like you're seeing how he interacts with other people so you're like why am i any different exactly i'm like i'm not special or anything like that no um but but, mm, (laughs) intentions yeah Mm, mm. yeah then we like have we had our first date and we've been dating for two and a half years since i think it's been two somewhere it's been more than two years um but wow yeah, our the beginning of our in, our relationship was really interesting though because oh yeah, how did it how did this happen? How did you start dating your white boyfriend? <laughs> Let me tell you the story about how I started dating my white boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in twenty twenty one, he slid into my DMs. Mm. Um, he responded to a story of mine and. Um, I thought it was friendly and mm-hmm. he told me he had different intentions. It was like a flirty s- swipe up or whatever. And we were just like chatting for a while from DMs into text. And I think there's like, you know, when you're on dating apps, it's kind of like, oh, we go from Hinge into Instagram into maybe text. Yes. You know, it's like layers and layers. But I think the fact that I had already known him, there was mm. already a level of like comfortability with him. Um, and so he had just moved to LA. He was like about a few months into living in LA. And, um, at that point I was actually living with my grandma, like 30 minutes outside of LA, which is a whole other story, which we don't need to get into today. Uh Um, but yeah, he asked me out on a date. And, like, we went and had, like, a little picnic. And it's funny because the picnic date was um, on 420. Oh. It just happened to be that was the day that we were both available. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I have always viewed him as, like, not goody two-shoes, but wholesome. Mm. He's wholesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, people view me, I think, to an extent as wholesome as well. So I was like, I'm not going to bring anything or whatever. But it was funny because it's like we're on this very wholesome date where, like, we made like a charcuterie board and we're just chatting and then all of a sudden it hits 420 and we look around and there's just smoke everywhere <laughs> and everybody's smoking and blazing up and we're both just like trying to like keep a normal conversation <laughs> while we're just like we just smell weed around us um but we laugh about it now because we admitted to each other like 
months into our relationship like that 420 day we both went home and got high with our roommates that's so funny we just like didn't do it on our first date um but yeah we just like kept dating and at that point i actually did not want a relationship oh i remember on our first date i had told him i was like i you're really fun to hang out with i'm happy we're doing this i don't want anything serious right and he was right. like that's so valid i hear you me too oh. it's really like, okay we're on the same page and then i think when you tell yourself you don't want anything serious in a way you kind of subconsciously allow yourself to be more like comfortable with what with the unknown yeah for sure yeah and that's what happened with me and him and we just kept seeing each other and we just kept hanging out and i just started really liking being around him and i liked how i felt around him um and one thing went to another and then we were boyfriend girlfriend (laughs) wow okay so something changed on both ends yeah and it was actually interesting and i think that like what has been different with my relationship with him versus my relationships with my past um lovers that sounds so stupid (laughs) (laughs) with my exes is um he really gives me the space to hold my own voice Ooh, and like i can't it's so hard for me to articulate but like for some reason like he i just feel really confident around him mm-hmm. and i feel like i can say what's on my mind and i don't feel like it's gonna damage his ego i don't think it's gonna hurt his feelings i don't think he's gonna take it any other way other than me expressing how i feel that is i just i i literally got chills <laughs> that is like so that is so beautiful because right Cute. it's scary to open up about our very honest feelings and yeah. even like right like i'm sure like going into the movie did you have feelings of like i wonder how, what this is gonna do to our relationship definitely because like i think like like i like if we watched the movie and he like the credits started rolling and there were tears in my eyes and he was like nah like I feel for the white man. You right, know, like, right. Like, I, I'm Team Arthur. Yeah, Team Arthur. Like, he should just divorce her and leave. Yeah. Like, he deserves better. Like, that would totally make me feel as though, like, oh, wow, like, you don't see what I see. Because mm. what I see in past lives and in their relationship dynamic is that, like, love isn't so black and white as I think we paint it out to be, or is what we see in movies and TV shows and, like, tiktoks grow like oh yeah you know growing up and um i think it's so much more gray area celine mm-hmm. song the director she does such a great job at exemplifying that and showing that like nora and arthur's relationship is so beautiful and you see this connection that they have and what is so amazing about arthur's character is that like he sees her relationship with her um, childhood friend Hisong, and like he validates that. He doesn't make it a competition. Right. It's not like you have that connection with him, go be with him then. It's more like you had this connection with him, and like I like I see that and I validate that, and like I'm sure naturally there might be like tings of jealousy throughout like experiencing that with your significant other, but like he holds space. Yes. And that I think is the most beautiful thing. And like the fact that like Dan watched that movie and he was like, I see it. I understand Mm. him. It for me, like really just made me just even fall for him even more because I think it really, it really only like reestablished our views of love and our like compatibility of how we view love, but how it isn't so black and white. Like I love Dan, you know, he's an amazing partner. 
but like I can also connect with other people and they're just as valid and like but at the end of the day like I choose Dan and Dan chooses me and I like I know like I respect the people that he meets along the way and the Mm. friendships he develops and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not like me competing between his other relationships it's more so like I know our connection and we can provide each other with such a beautiful relationship that's like so amazing full of love so full of empathy and like laughter and joy but it's also like I don't want to invalidate the other connections he has with other people in his life Mm -hmm. because I also know he holds that same space for me right you know right so it was such a beautiful like capturing of just a relationship in its most present time yes yeah it just was like a screenshot you yeah, know yeah and no for sure so beautiful honestly like hard to put into words like the impact that the movie has had because i'm like i don't know how to like articulate it any better than it was just by watching it you know mm-hmm. um because there's no like one singular moment where it's like oh i'm crying now right it's it's like the culmination of like seeing their childhood and then how it has developed into this present relationship Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess like you know this is like you primarily dated like asian guys prior to dan but like going into the relationship um was like quote interracial dating like something that you thought about like did you have hesitation because your past partners had been Asian, Asian Mm -hmm. American. Yeah. Yeah. Like there has been, and I think there will continue to be moments and conversations with dating Dan that I've realized like dating someone that's not of your own race or just cultural background presents its own challenges and obstacles. And I always thought, honestly, I always thought I would end up with a Korean guy Mm. because it's also just the narrative I was fed growing up where it's like, yeah, like my parents have always told me because I'm the youngest of three, like you're going to be the one that ends up with a Korean guy. I just know it. Like Jackie, like you're the most Korean, like you're going to be the one who ends up with one and continue having Korean babies. So I always thought that too. And I think like maybe subconsciously I've always gone for Korean guys and I've just always like felt most attracted to them. But then like when it came to dating Dan, like I said before, like I think I tried to find any reason why it was always platonic at the beginning of our relationship. Like before he even asked me on the first date because I just always thought like, I am not good enough to be dating someone that isn't Asian, which Mm. is so stupid. Mm. But like, that's just me being as earnest as I can be where I just felt like I'm like, it just never felt like I've maybe it's like the media I watched growing up and also the relationships that were around me. It just was always like people dated within the same race. And so I think that's kind of what really also pushed me to also tell Dan, like, you know, I don't want anything serious. I want something, like, because I'm like, I don't see anything serious, you know? It's like, we're just having fun. But I, like, yeah, I think, like, when we first really, like, started to get more serious and it was like, oh, let's introduce the families and, like, let's really, like, bring bring each other into each other's lives. He was so eager for me to meet his family. Mm. He was like two months into dating he was like come to my mom's birthday party and i was like <gasps> oh my what? gosh dude that is high key terrifying dude literally just thinking about it like it, i can think i can remember how i felt where i was like no 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 because no. like 
you would never means, yeah because yeah. i've dated other like when i've dated asian guys in the past it's like you do not meet the family until you're about a year in. you have like oh, yeah the five-year plan you know like what like you know that this is the person you're gonna marry and like that was like i took that as like honestly a bit of like a beige red flag when he was like come meet my family right and i don't think he even knows that you heard it here first folks <laughs> um, but i just like it was like i was brought into a like i was brought into a different family dynamic mm-hmm. that i was never used to which it's like I come from a divorced household that's Korean and he is an Australian American family with parents who are still married to each other. And I think that like, if I just took his family's dynamic and I like wrote it down on a piece of paper Uh and I read it, I would just be like, hell no, that's terrifying. (laughs) Like it's like everything that I kind of like wasn't raised with Mm. and it's scary because it's unknown and it's terrifying and so I was so scared to meet his family because I felt like oh, at a I mom's don't, birthday party too. Yeah, like, hello. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to you people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like I just remember, I met his family and they had just been the, they just were the most loving, just so excited to just meet someone. And it wasn't like, oh my god, it's my son's girlfriend who's now gonna be my daughter-in-law. It's just more like oh my god you're dating my son right now you're making him happy that makes us happy like come hang out with us you want a beer like very like it's just so much more casual right right which is like not something within the asian household nothing's casual oh (laughs) we can't be casual no wait actually though because i remember with my ex who was asian like met his family early on met all of his siblings met one of his sisters and she was like oh like talking about marriage and i was like oh we are not there Mm -hmm. like we are not there but like you said nothing is casual in Mm -hmm. an asian household yeah yeah it's like like that's what i think i was afraid of when it came to meeting his family because i was like oh i'm afraid that they're gonna like meet me and assume oh my god he's he's like introducing her because he wants to marry her and like that's not that's not how they roll (laughs) that's not how the white (laughs) people roll at (laughs) it's just like oh, okay i'm gonna meet all of my son's girlfriends yeah, yeah. Oh. and like he didn't meet my family until like months later down the line and i think that was really like the first time we were set with like huge differences between us was like us really showing each other's family dynamics to one another Ooh, and yeah. like him willing to be really patient with like i'm not ready for you to meet my family yet because i know i'm not like we're not like in it for marriage right now or whatnot but like still my family's so sacred to me and like i think like at least how i view like my korean family it's like you don't introduce your your family to your significant other unless you do feel like oh this could be going somewhere oh my dad has literally said i don't want to meet any of your boyfriends like you guys like are are about to get engaged yeah yeah like my dad is my dad said like the same thing (laughs) to my sister who's like now engaged oh and like now they're my dad and my sister's fiance are buddies but like they're like five years of dating it wasn't like they hung out all the time or whatnot right that's not how that's not the norm you know right right yeah and so like i think i was a little embarrassed Mm. because his family and the culture and dynamic he comes from it's so friendly it's so open and warm right and i was like 
I don't know if I can necessarily offer you that with all sides of my family right off the bat. Oh, you know, like, yeah, I, it's not going to be like, Hey, come sit down. You want to be like, maybe with my siblings. Yeah. Like sibling dynamics a little different. Right. But like you bring parents into the role. It's, it's more formal. It's way more formal. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of like the hesitance in our relationship at the beginning and problems really stemmed from like me being afraid he wouldn't understand and feeling as though he would take things personally and the beautiful thing that came out of that experience was like he again he just was so full of grace he was so patient he was like whenever you're ready I'm just here enjoying the ride and like he knew that at that time I was really coming into connecting with my Korean culture I was like really learning Korean and it was after I had lived with my grandma for six months Mm. because I lived with her it inspired me even more to learn Korean and like he wanted to start learning Korean because of that and because he knew that it was something that was important to me right so he the first time he met my grandma he like learned like and then he tried to learn like (laughs) but like he just learned and he like learned to bow and like it for me was like I don't even think he realized just like watching him want to learn my culture and be so mesmerized by it Mm -hmm. and be so like like just so curious and just as curious honestly as like I am going into learning about my Korean culture it makes me even more excited because it feels as though I'm learning something that's new to me that maybe if I was dating someone who's Korean they're already familiar with it so they would be a bit more like oh you don't know that right you don't know because I've dated Korean guys in the past where they've like given me crap for like not Not knowing knowing. Korean enough or like not knowing certain phrases or certain music you know and like I just can't help that I was raised the way I was raised and with Dan I've never felt more proud of my Korean culture than I've been dating him because he's so like obviously like he's not Korean but like he's just so accepting of meeting me where I'm at right and being like I see you like you're on this journey I'm here to walk with you you're doing Duolingo okay I'm gonna start doing it too oh my (laughs) Um, god and so like seeing the links that he like would go with like you know, meeting my grandma, knowing like bowing is really important in Korean culture and doing that. Like right. even when my brother and sister saw him do that, they were like, yeah, <laughs> like, like you got like, this man around oh, your finger. Yeah. You yeah. got him in a training program. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got him in a training program. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so a lot, I think when it comes to like interracial relationships in general is like, how is my partner going to react to my own culture Mm. and to my own cultural traditions and to like not only that I think it also expands into like my family dynamics and how we roll because that also can I think when it comes to like your own culture and race it is such an umbrella of not just like who I am as a Korean person but who I am within my family within my hometown within my upbringing and friends you know and so he has been such a trooper through and through and um as of last year I went to Australia for the first time it's his family yeah because he's Australian okay well I remember because I remember when you were first telling me about him (laughs) you're like he has an Australian accent and I was like what I was like are you serious so all of these great qualities and he has an Australian accent (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna clone him and give him to you (laughs) but Um, you you got to visit yeah and like the really cool thing about Dan and like a history about him is that he moved to America from Australia in 2009 and then he like enrolled within like public school in the States. But like 
for him, he has his own, you know, personal experience and challenges when it comes to like moving from Australia to America and feeling as though he actually like looks like everyone in America, but he doesn't feel like he, he remembers one of his first days of school, everybody like got up and like put their right hand over their heart and did the pledge of allegiance oh, and yeah. he literally was like what the fuck is going yeah, on what he, is this called yeah. yeah he was like freaking out as a kid and like he was realizing there's so many cultural customs of just coming to america as a kid he wasn't used to and so like he felt so australian and he's still like anytime i take him out to meet my friends or we go even just out on a date and he talks people are like oh you're from australia like that's like you know that's like his thing that people see in him. Uh, and like he, you know, what he really opened up to me is like when he goes to Australia, cause he goes back every year to like see his family and his extended family is um, he's known as like the American boy. You uh, know, he goes to Australia and they're like, oh, your accent's going away. Or like, oh, you like, you're an American now. Like you don't understand like these cultural things. And um, when he like really opened up to me about that, I also realized like, wow, like I've only just seen him as this like white boy who can like, obviously at the end of the day, he's a white man. He has these white man privileges, but like he has his own internal struggle that has allowed him the empathy to also like just hold space for my own Korean American experience because he has his own like Australian American experience. Um, So going to Australia was like a really big deal because I felt as though he was letting me in to a part of his life that I don't think he got to, he gets to really show to a lot of people. Yeah. It was the first time he brought like a significant other or just a, even anyone from the States to oh Australia. Goodness. Yeah. So like I knew when he asked me to come, it'd be like a big deal. Yeah, it was so much more impactful than I thought it would be. Cause I also realized like, oh, I learned so much more about him mm. being in this place than I could have ever like in the States. Like he tells me all these stories, but now I get to live through them and I get to see them and I get to see all his friends and family that he talks about. And like, I think maybe that's also like the beauty of this relationship is that like he has his own like cultural dynamics and family dynamics that like he's showing to me and I'm also holding space for him. And I'm like being patient and letting him show me as he's like ready to like, talk about certain things or introduce me to certain people so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know like it's just so interesting now like when I think about being an interracial couple because I don't I think I think about it too because right he is very understanding and this is where like if I tie it back to past lives like there's certain conversations or even just a language barrier with like Nora and Hesung that they have that mm-hmm. Nora and Arthur don't have mm. and like I feel that some way, some ways between like my relationship with Dan versus like my friendships with like my Korean friends, right? you know? Right. And like sometimes in the most, like if I'm being very transparent, like sometimes I say like, or like I'll talk about certain things with my Korean friends and I'll think like, oh, like I wish Dan could understand this or like know about this. And like, I think though there's like a beauty to again, holding space for different relationships in your life and mm-hmm, validating mm-hmm. them and allowing them to all have like an equal amount of love and admiration in those pockets yeah yeah okay wow because i think holding space is like i think the perfect term for like this feeling that i also have of like i mean a majority of my friends are like korean but you know a lot of them like i've been using like a serve different purposes but that doesn't feel right you know Mm -hmm. but you have different times for different like seasons in your life and you have different friends for you know just like 
you're my advice friend like you're my da- you're my dating coach you know and mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh, that sounds like beautiful also i feel like we're doing a little bit of a disservice by saying that dan is just um just a white boy he is australian american <laughs> which i lo- which i like yeah i think it's like right that speak his background speaks to how he's able to like have empathy right mm-hmm. and because he had his own experiences is able to you know just like like give you time and mm-hmm. give you grace in experiencing all of this mm-hmm. um and yeah i guess like you know you spoke a lot about family and like how <laughs> people always told you growing up like you're gonna be the one to marry a korean boy so like have you felt like any sort of pressure or like have there been conversations with your parents yeah it's interesting because like i think going back into like family roles like i'm the youngest of three Mm -hmm. so then i no matter how old i am will continue to carry the title of like oh you're the baby and the magnet you know like you're just like like we don't really think you're actually an adult yet until like you're an adult and um i think when it comes to like i've like talked to my mom I think I talked to my mom a bit more about relationships more deeply than like my dad and like I think when it comes to in the past I've like talked to my mom about like oh like I'm seeing this guy or like Mm -hmm. I'm talking to this guy she'd just be like okay cool that's it like like, no (laughs) follow-up questions or anything like that but I think this is the first time where my mom has seen me just talk about another partner so much and like want to involve them with everything we're doing and like my because of that my mom has started to ask more questions about him and like Mm. she's like uh I told her how Dan's on Duolingo now and he's like literally learning to like write the alphabet and my mom's like shocked she's like shell shocked she's like huh like yeah and so like my mom I think just really adores him and I think I'm in a really great position at least with my mom and dad where my sister's getting engaged right now and so there's there's I think right now a spotlight on my sister being married and my brother's in a serious relationship right now too where there's not necessarily anyone banging on my door being like is he gonna put a ring on it or no right and I think that's also a boundary I've put up personally with my family too because my sister's two years older than me but we've like we're so similar in so many ways Mm. like we even just talk really similarly we like (laughs) laugh similarly but um are like if if i if we were to have like five-year plans or whatnot they're very different Mm. you know like my sister like she like really wants to like settle down have a house she has the dog you know she's doing it yeah she's like a teacher like she's ready to settle down and i i think have set the boundary that like i'm not ready yet i'm also like in a creative industry and I know that like I want to focus on my career right now and if I so happen which I am right now to have a connection with someone and I can go through life with them that's really cool but like I don't want to get married so there's not necessarily family pressure which I feel really grateful for Mm. I would say the only person who puts more pressure is my grandma But that's because out of like my siblings, I think I'm closest with my grandma because I lived with her. So she, I think, she feels more comfortable just (gasps) shooting the shit with me. Oh, yeah. Keeping it real. Yeah. She like calls Dan Danny. She's like, Danny, what's Danny doing? Um, But before I lived with my grandma, I would be a little bit more scared to speak up for myself. Mm. And it's always also, you know, respect your elders and 
obviously. Yeah. And I still I still respect my grandma yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. I still respect my elders. But when I first started dating Dan, she's like, no Korean boy. Oh. oh I thought you would be a Korean boy. Right. You right. told me Korean boy married by 30 <laughs> kids. And I was like, oh, well, things change, you know. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel really grateful that I, I don't necessarily feel as though I have a ticking countdown right even in my relationship with dan we talk about this all the time like i had like oh my first boyfriend oh ever from high school my oh. my and he was also like my first he was white too oh. he just got married Ooh. yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah he just got married and it was the he married the girl he dated after me oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. which is really beautiful in hindsight now we're good hey jack hey, hey. hannah congratulations ah, <laughs> the wedding was beautiful via social media it looked really beautiful a funny story i'm going on a tangent no, tangent now, is hannah because we all went to high school together they're high school sweethearts you know okay um, I like went freelance recently mm, mm, and I was like, I post on social media, like, Oh, I'm like here for hire. And she actually messaged me. She was like, do you want to be the videographer for our wedding? Oh my goodness. Did I don't even yes? No, <laughs> <laughs> I would have for the bit, for the story, oh, wait, for wait, moments like this, where I have a microphone in front of me <laughs> and I can say, I videographed my, my first my ex, boyfriend's yeah, uh-huh. wedding. Uh-huh. But mm. No, I just thought that'd be really weird. And I I don't know. I don't know how that would make me feel like like being, being paid there. at my yes. ex-boyfriend's wedding. Like, right. Yeah. No, right. it's okay. Yeah, I and feel like that's a, more of a boundary than if even you were invited and mm-hmm. like attending. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't want to. No. I'm not trying to work this event. No, but it's a funny story. That's like, so I don't know crazy. how serious she was when she asked me. But I took the story and I ran. Oh, <laughs> and I was yeah. like oh, telling yeah. everybody like, oh my goodness. I just got asked to videograph my first boyfriend's wedding. That is so crazy. crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Well, I'm glad, yeah, that there is minimal pressure, you know? No, yeah. no maybe no pressure. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, me too. I feel like my parents have like laid off a little bit. Now it's just my grandma. It's always the grandma, dude. Dude, she it's is always scheming. The she's scheming okay. she literally has a boy in mind like a pra- like praise for us and i'm like mm, i don't i don't think that you got his approval to pray for us Mm-mm. you know <laughs> like i don't know if you even got my approval we have not met Mm-mm. he lives across the country what's going on it's because for her in her head she thinks she's doing god's work no, she she really is. Yeah. yeah, she is a prayer warrior. I I grew up with my grandma and so I feel like, you know, particularly close to her. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I know she like means well and I know like, you know, whoever's meant to, meant for me, like that'll happen. Mm-hmm. So, not concerned, but like yeah, slowly I'm like, okay, I might not have pressure from my family, but mm-hmm. like maybe all the friends around me getting engaged. Mm-hmm. That feels like a little bit more um like in my face pressure right no yeah i wanted to ask you because it's like you build this relationship with yourself and like you know you have like you give yourself grace and like you tell yourself i'm gonna be patient with myself what comes to me comes what i let go is like not mine anymore Mm -hmm. but like i think what we don't like to admit to ourselves or at least show face is that like these pressures that we grew up with and that we're surrounded by, like they're still there. Like they're still in us. And like, whether it's through friends or family, there's still, I think always going to be a voice in the back of my head. That's like, 
no, you do need to be married by like 27 so you can have your first kid before you're 30 because you have a biological clock and all that. Yeah. Do you feel that way as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think like at this point, I'm just kind of like, your girl's a little tired, but. <laughs> but My girl's been through the ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little tired. Take but, off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that will always like live inside of me. Like I think especially right i'm like 26 i'm like okay we're in the we're in the latter half of of our 20s um and like you know a recent thought has been like oh do i want to move and so like even thinking about that i'm going okay if i want to move and i want to live there for let's say two years like i'm gonna have to move back here and i'm gonna be 30 by then like is everyone gonna be taken i need to have kit like it is constant and I can go on like that forever but I think like constantly reminding myself that like I'm making up this timeline on my own absolutely has been like a game changer like if anything like let's be a little delusional (laughs) and like just believe like everything's gonna work out like I think it's been like yeah being Delulu has been like a saving grace of just like I don't have to freak out I don't have to have everything planned because there are way too many examples of um people going on different paths that like you know like what like who says that I have to follow this like one set out plan that I told myself at 14 years old this is when you're getting married exactly I don't even think it's like Delulu or like I don't think it's delusional I think that's you just being human like Mm. that I think we don't give ourselves again the space holding space is the keyword holding space holding space 2023 hot word holding Mm -hmm. space um but like yeah like I think this is what I was like talking to you about or texting you earlier it's like um my roommate and I we just hit a year in our apartment in LA Mm -hmm. and like for us it's both a big deal because like for her like we both haven't been able to live in LA for longer than six months without like a big life change happening or feeling as though we can't be here anymore. We have to like move back home or Mm. move, move somewhere else. And so for us hitting a year was a big deal because it was like for us, like we, we made it past six months. Like even when we hit seven months, we were like, let's go girls. Yeah. But like, we always do monthly check-ins with each other. And then when we hit one year, we did a year check-in with ourselves and it's really interesting because it's like we both try to like let go of expectations or of like yearly plans and allow your allow life to take you wherever you need to go right but we were being really honest with ourselves where it's like yeah but there's also a part of me in my head that's like a little like I I wish like July 2022 Jackie thought July 2023 Jackie would be a lot farther in her career or she'd be in she'd be in this space in her life or this and like there's a guilt to it to an extent that I think we both were like admitting we have to ourselves, but it's also like, we're also realizing like our year didn't go necessarily how we thought or at least hoped it would go. Right. But it gave us so much more than we could have ever imagined. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I think like embracing, like not knowing is like, it's like so beautiful because Mm -hmm. right. Like you've probably grown in ways that like you didn't, you didn't even think about. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, of course, like we have like our shortcomings of like expectations not being met, but yeah, I think that's something I'm also like working through is like, I think I was like really scared and nervous to ever make plans or like set expectations Mm -hmm. for myself because I think over the years, like, um, both my perfectionist mentality and then also just like 
like fear of failure yeah (laughs) bro yeah like i'm realizing like i'm like oh my gosh this is the reason i like don't set expectations for myself i don't set goals but like i need to get over that because i i lost like like trust in myself yes you know yeah oh my god yeah and then hearing you know like i think it was like in a podcast or something that like every single time you like say you're gonna wake up early and like you don't or you say you're gonna go work out and you don't or you say you know i'm i'm gonna do this thing and you don't like that feeds into your self-perception of like am i a trustworthy person Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's something i've been working through i feel that i 100 percent understand that and like i um i'm in post-production for a short film it was like the first short i directed oh my gosh and yeah that's so exciting oh my god that's so exciting but what i realized it's like i set a timeline because like the professional side of me wants to be like okay we like we picture lock this thing we go into color etc etc but i realized like i am a recovering perfectionist and a new level of discovering that I'm a recovering perfectionist is realizing that my fear of failure allows me to, allows me to procrastinate because I'm too afraid to start because I'm too afraid to fail. Ex- and exactly. so because I'm like too afraid to fail in the first place, I don't do it. Y- yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Be- just if not a hundred things are going to go right, then like, let's, let's just not do it. Yeah. But yeah. then you have this other voice in your head that's like, what do you mean you, like why are you like this way like why you should you already like be this? here you yeah know? yeah oh dude she's annoying no i know i'm over her she gotta um, shut up yeah i'm like let's rewire <laughs> yeah yeah no i like completely feel that like yeah i think a big like huge learning lesson honestly from the podcast has been like just put it out just put it out it's not going to be perfect every single time mm-hmm. but as long as you put it out there you can improve from there at least Absolutely. it is out and so And I also think, and this is my hot take, but I think people who make like five year plans or just like plans in their lives are like, that is like such, it's like a God complex because that's you assuming you will know everything that will come your way in that timeline. And I can admit that because I used to be that way. 100% used to be that way. I used to write letters to my future self, you know, I was that kind of girl. And so like, like, I think if we go all the way back to like the start of this episode, like with dating Dan, like I would have never thought we'd be dating now. Like, right. to be honest, I never, like I knew we were in the same industry. I thought like, I know we have, we have mutual friends. I never thought that connection would go bigger than right. it is. And I think like, that's the whole point of life and living is that like, you're just supposed to experience it and yes. allow yourself to be in the moments and be present and really take in what you're experiencing and figuring out, is this for me? is this not for me Mm -hmm, because i used to be dating a guy that like he told me like i'm the right person wrong time which never tell a girl they're the right person at the wrong time that is whoa that's so that's so mean it's scary (laughs) yeah it's scary it's scary (laughs) over there um and because he told me that it ultimately created a timeline in my head of like oh I'm the right person, just not the wrong. It's just the wrong time. So maybe in like, Dude, maybe so in a few years, you know, I will be right person, right time. Uh, right. Yeah. So you're waiting around for him. Exactly. So you're just kind of waiting and you're like, okay, like things will come my way. And then, you know, then an Australian man comes and like, comes and slides into your DMs. And I would never expect a Dan to come into my life. And like, right. I don't know, like, I think we all put too much 
pressure on ourselves to assume that we know what's coming tomorrow no one knows like nobody maybe maybe weathermen know the know it's gonna be 73 degrees tomorrow right but, but like do they even know that i feel like they don't no i feel like they don't <laughs> yeah. i feel like it's kind of a guess and they just always happen to be right yeah but yeah like i just think that I and mean, i could talk about our talk for hours about this is just like we put too much pressure on ourselves to know things that we will never know yeah but i mean on that note like let's just leave this at a cliffhanger like i think we're gonna need to you know like talk more in the future i would love that yeah this is such a beautiful conversation and like i hope dan listens and enjoys the episode but then also yeah like right i think like in the past like when we've hung out we spoke a lot about like our asian american experiences Mm -hmm. and yeah i feel like this episode is just like a great representation of like those conversations and just like yeah i like i i always like love talking to you i always like feel re-energized and so thank you for sharing thank you and i feel the same way i don't know your followers don't know this but when you guys first started Pulgogi pod i i'm dm'd you guys i slid into your dms in like 2020 because i just thought it was really cool to see two korean american women starting a podcast yeah and that was like i mean i think podcasts were a thing but they're not as huge as they are now and so i remember like i dm'd you guys yeah and i was like if you need any i don't know graphic designer (laughs) film stuff i don't know let me be your intern or something um but it's just so amazing and so beautiful to see what it's become and like to see you you grow in so many ways and to see this friendship just become a thing from like parasocial into real life it's so cool right i feel like oh my gosh so many things going down in the dms yeah (laughs) and i won't get into details but like when we first got coffee at mco or mco yeah yeah. yeah. um i feel like and i'm a big believer of like you know you will have moments with people that you're friends with where you realize you're at the same place at the same time but you never cross paths Mm -hmm. and i feel like with me and you we knew the same people the same time but we never met crossed through them and i think it's like a beautiful thing of like sometimes the universe like we'll let you meet someone when you're ready to meet them yeah and i think we met at a really great time yeah, and it's yeah. really cool no for sure yeah. i'll stop talking now. Oh, no, i love it i love it um but where can the people find you you guys can find me on instagram i guess um my username is jackie.lee two e's with jackie and yep. lee is l-e-e or you can follow me and my short film seve at seve the film yeah. um if you want to see how that's going if not just find me out on the streets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Go, everyone go find jackie first person to find me wins 200 dollars. <laughs> no, no 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 that needs to go towards seve yeah first person who finds me donates 200 dollars. Yeah. <laughs> i love that i love that but Thank you so much. Thank you.